Welcome to another episode of This Week I Learned, presented by Ross Mortgage on the Money Matters Radio Network. My name is Greg Arnold. I'll be your host this week as we tackle three exciting topics. First up, we've got Polar Park in Worcester, Massachusetts, home of the Worcester Red Sox. We then dive into a deeper discussion about Worcester as a whole and the things that it does well and maybe could do a little bit better, some ways that we think they could improve. And finally, we wrap it up with a conversation with our guest, Jeff Arnold, about his place of work, the New England Center for Children, located in Southboro, Massachusetts. Let's welcome on Jeff right now as he joins us from the Ross Mortgage Studios here on This Week I Learned, presented by Ross Mortgage on the Money Matters Radio Network. We're now joined by Jeff Arnold, a communication specialist at the New England Center for Children and a published member of the golf media sphere. But I want to ask Jeff, how would you describe yourself other than that? Because you have you have a wide range of talents. Well, thank you, first of all. Uh, I am incredibly excited to be here. I was telling Greg, uh, I cannot believe how legitimate this studio is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good, kind of ridiculous. It's a good setup. So, of course, if, if you ask me, who am I? Uh, the, the first answer would be, you know, of course, I'm your brother, um, which people hopefully would have put together by now. Uh, but yeah, I, I work in communications for the New England Center for Children, which is a school and research center uh, f- uh, serving children with autism in Southborough, Massachusetts. We also have campuses in Abu Dhabi um, and a clinic in Dubai, as well as serving communities around the world through consulting efforts. Um, and in terms of, you know, you, you reference man of many talents, I would not agree with that, but, uh, yeah, I have a, a bit of a background, um, in, in golf, uh, both working for, uh, a regional golf organization and then also, uh, being published, uh, writing about municipal golf courses and kind of their impact on local communities. So that's kind of the elevator, the elevator pitch. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the golf stuff is definitely interesting. The, the local stuff is interesting. And then obviously the work you guys do with the uh, New England Center for Children is awesome and amazing. But I know we want to start a little bit with the local aspect. So here in central Massachusetts, we had the privilege of going to Polar Park twice in uh, 48 hours, about a week and a half ago. It was before it became full capacity. So it was, I think, about 25% full or so they said. And so we went to two games uh, on a Thursday and a Friday night, and we just wanted to give sort of our thoughts and a review of the park. So I'll, so I'll start with you. What what were some of the things that you liked about the park um, or I sort think, of the atmosphere as a whole? Yeah, so I'll, I'll you know, what I like, um, I think, first of all, so I'm a bit of a cynic uh, when it comes to, to Worcester. I think you know, we both are uh, alumni of Assumption, uh, now university, but Assumption College, Um and we've lived here our entire lives. So I, I'm a bit of a cynic because I've kind of seen the different iterations of trying to bring Worcester uh, to Back. a higher, yeah, to like a higher socioeconomic uh, kind of classification. Um, so w- with all that being said, I, I think the thing I, I think is great about Polar Park um, is that it does provide kind of a central community hub for Worcester. Yeah. Um, and I think they specifically do that extremely well um, by keeping the price is low. Like we've talked about it. It's amazing how the price to get into a game at Polar Park, it, which is high A uh, baseball for the, with the Red Sox, is the same price, if not a little bit less expensive, than going to one of the Worcester Bravehearts games, which are played um, at uh, Hanover Park at Fiddenfield, I believe, at Holy Cross's campus. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, it's a college summer, summer league. league team. Yeah. So I think that is, it's a great thing that there is this space that people can rally around that is kind of removes economic barriers to get in. Um, yeah. 
I think that's a, for sure a positive. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I know one of the things that we noticed when we went on Thursday night was just how young the, the crowd skewed in it from Worcester's standpoint. That's something that they've been working on for years. So I think the tickets were like nine bucks, eight yeah. or nine bucks. Yep. Um, so cheaper than a cover at a bar, which is awesome. And I thought that the, the atmosphere, at least on that Thursday night was very, um, young, very fun. And I thought it was laid back. It was much more of a social event than it was maybe to watch a baseball game. Uh, and I like that, you know, I think that it was really, if that is what they were going for, which all signs sort of point to, yes, I think they did a great job of making it. There's a good amount of food options, good variety of food options. There's obviously plenty of local options, which I really like. There's the local barbecue. What was that? Big T's? Uh, BT's. BT's uh, is there. And then of course you can get just a wide range of craft beers that are local and all that stuff. So, so that's obviously a plus. Yeah. So just to name a couple of the other local businesses in there, cause I think they do deserve a shout out. Um, yeah. Coney Island hot dogs is one oh, of yeah. them. Um, and then, uh, wonder bar pizza is the other, the other main oh, one. And yeah, also yeah, yeah. there, so the, um, speaking about the different food options, which I, I think, well, first of all, I'm a, a food enthusiast. I'm, I like to eat. Um, <laughs> so from, from that perspective, I obviously love the fact that they have all these different creative, um, also pretty reasonably priced. Uh, yeah. I options. didn't think like, it's expensive, it but not to the point where like, Oh, I'm not going to get that. Yeah. I think at like the barbecue, for example, I want to say that a, a quote unquote meal was like 12. So that's really not that different than what it would be at a restaurant, especially with the way food prices have risen over the past year or so. Yeah. Which I do think, I mean, this is way beyond what the Woo Sox and Polar Park can control, but, um, I do know that there are some restaurants, not just here, but around the country, um, that have raised their prices a bit, especially on meat, yeah. um, given the skyrocketing prices of that. But regardless, I mean, here's the thing though, right? If, if the prices increase at Polar Park, then they're going to be increasing everywhere. Correct. So it doesn't really matter. But I, I do think that that emphasis on local business is something that makes it unique. You and I have gone to a lot of minor league ballparks, um, and major league ballparks kind of around the Eastern seaboard and you kind of around the country. And I think it is a unique thing to really embrace these local businesses and bring them in. Cause I think what we see a lot at these ballparks is let's say Camden Yards in Baltimore, for yep. example. So Baltimore known for crab cakes. There obviously are a bunch of local spots. You can get crab cakes. And instead of bringing in one of those vendors at Camden Yards, they'll do it their own way. Yeah. And I, and I, I really appreciate that at Worcester, they could have done that where they could have just done whatever you think Worcester is known for, or just tried to do it all themselves or hire just one company. But the fact that they actually went out and said, we're going to work with these restaurants around the community, I think is really unique. And I think it also, again, it strengthens that idea of it's kind of a community hub. And especially when they're done with construction around it, I think that's going to be even, even more of the case. And I think that that's just fantastic for the city. You're listening to This Week I Learned, presented by Ross Mortgage Company, hosted by Greg Arnold on the Money Matters Radio Network. We'll be right back. Yeah. So I'm reading just a little bit about as you transition into the city. So Basically, this is a part of a $240 million redevelopment of Worcester's Kelly Square and Canal District, where the ballpark will is, well, it's supposed to include uh, 250 apartments, two hotels totaling 250 rooms, and then 96,000 square feet of office space overlooking the left field playing area, and then 65,000 square feet of shops and restaurants. So what we know uh, from, not know, but what you can tell from the building is that they, uh, a lot of the shops and restaurants are going to be across from the park, which I think is good. But one thing that I did want to get your take on, and one of the things that I think we both noticed really on that second night we are there, so the Friday night, is that it's really not all that – it's not hard, but it's not all that easy to sort of connect where they've put Polar Park and the Canal District, which I would say is one of the, the better districts in Worcester. 
Yeah. So that, that's a that's a good point. Um, so in terms of people are gonna the the listeners will will look up on Google Maps and say Jeff and Greg. It's, it's right there. It's seventy five yards. In which case, we'll say yes, we're idiots. But but no, I, I do. I know what you're saying though. So there's kind of a, a line of um, pre-existing buildings that were not taken down. Yeah. Um, so highlighted kind of, by the table talk pa- fa- uh, what's uh, called? table talk pie. Yeah, factory. Exactly. Yeah. Jesus. So so point being, so I know I know what you're saying. It doesn't. It, it might link it like physically. Yeah. But visually it doesn't have this like one big space like it like you know it doesn't have this feeling of like oh this is a continuation of the canal district but i think was probably the point yeah um that being said i you know when construction's done i'll be interested to see but yes in its current iteration i would agree with you um it's just it, it doesn't totally feel like an extension of the canal district and i think kind of to to talk about worcester more as a whole i mean one of worcester's downsides is that there are these pockets that are interesting and have some great restaurants and there's not a heck of a lot to do beyond restaurants, but that, so, um, you know, we'll talk about Shrewsbury street, the canal district, or even kind of that downtown area, um, where I think it was like Chashu ramen, I believe is the name of it, but a couple uh, dead horse Hill, like all these more trendy restaurants, yeah, yeah. but they're not connected and they're not walkable and there's no great public transportation. And that's, I think that's what Worcester is fighting an uphill battle against yeah, I agree. is, is the fact that these there's no like cohesive part of that you know like they're yeah. all separate pockets and i think it's just tough to get people to travel there not travel like for a weekend but like to go into worcester yeah i mean one of the things the so we grew up in westboro one of the things that you know i think a lot about especially so obviously going to college in worcester was that westboro is really only you know, for some parts of Worcester, really only 15 to 20 minutes away. But the idea of, oh, I'll go out to dinner, if it's like an occasion in Worcester, is is really pretty foreign. And it's people were much more likely to go to Boston or just towards Boston in general, even Natick or a Wellesley, if you will. But that's, in my opinion, been one of Worcester's biggest hurdles is how do you convince the surrounding towns where the population is pretty high, especially Shrewsbury's growing rapidly, uh, even and Grafton. disposable income. So yeah, they can exactly. spend the money there. Correct. How do you convince those people to come into Worcester? And that, I think, is part of the play with Polar Park is get these people into Worcester, show them that there is stuff to do here, uh, and hopefully they come back, maybe not for a baseball game. I think that is the big thinking there. And obviously, same can be said for putting in the the hotels. Maybe you don't get people coming for the whole weekend, but if you can convince somebody to go to a baseball game, stay at the hotel, and then you know, walk around said district or go to a different place in the morning, you know, that's probably a win for Worcester. Yeah, and I think, you know... With Worcester, I think Polar Park has done a. It's it's made some great, extremely early steps towards doing that. Um, yeah. Just and that's pretty anecdotal. But I, I think I don't have an answer to this. But it's a point that I, I think about sometimes: is does it really matter if you get the surrounding towns, like the people who are, let's say, like our parents' age or just a little bit younger than our parents' age? So call them late 30s, early 40s, most likely through early 60s. Does it really matter right now if you get those people to come in if instead you can get the young people to build up this affinity for going into Worcester and staying in Worcester because those people will hopefully grow to continue to go there? 
So, and I don't have an answer to that question, but I think that that's like the interesting thing is like, obviously short term, you want the people with higher incomes who are homeowners, um, who can bring their kids there and, and can, you know, create a new generation. That sounds weird, but a new generation of Worcester people. Goers. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, is it almost better to be like, Hey, like, let's just, you know, we can try our best with those people, but let's instead try to attract this early, like people in college or just out of college, maybe staying in the city and specifically to loop it back to polar park specifically. I think the one, one of the one criticisms I, I have of Polar Park is that it's I would not call it a family environment, and that's not to say that it's like a club, no, but it's just like not. It, it's very much a place that you would go hang out with your buddies or with your girlfriend and group of friends, and drink. Correct. And yeah, the alcohol plays I would say a center role. Yeah, which is I think that's just the reality of baseball these days. But yeah. um, you know, I do think that that's maybe what they're doing to a certain extent. I don't know. I, I I don't again. I don't have a great answer, but I think it's really interesting to think about. And also, I mean. Just again, speaking anecdotally, the people that I interact with, they don't really think about Worcester that Ever. way. Yeah, no. Um, and I wish they would because I think Worcester has a lot of fantastic small businesses and and companies there um, doing work. So yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting what you just said about you know keeping the young people there. Joe Petty, who's the mayor of Worcester and has been since 2012, so when I started college, that was one of the big things when he first started was we have to convince all of these kids. Not all of them, but you have all of these kids going to school in Worcester, whether it be for undergraduate or graduate or medical school with the uh, the UMass campus there. How do you convince them to stay around Worcester once they graduate? Or how do you convince them, even on weekends for those graduate and, and medical students, how do you convince them to stay in Worcester on the weekends? And I agree with you. I think Polar Park is the correct step. They're probably, And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we don't know what type of development they're going to do around it. None of that is really even, you have no idea what's going to go in there, but I think that that's the big key is how do you how do you keep people there when there isn't baseball because there's only 65 to 70 baseball games as it, as it is there so it's got to be more than like a 65 night a year thing to really make a difference on the Worcester aspect. Yeah, and that that's the the problem, right? And that that's a problem you see all around the country at these places who have I mean, the great a great example is Jacksonville, right? Like Jacksonville's trying to secure maybe they did secure this massive city taxpayer funded investment in a football stadium and that's being used what eight to ten nights yeah. a year for football games obviously you can yeah, put ten for there. football and then probably you know 15 maybe for other events i mean not many times yeah but but regardless of i mean again if even with other events the problem with investing in the sports infrastructure is that there is just a, especially in new england so yeah, i mean such a limited <laughs> there's you know five months a year they're not going to use it now i do love the fact they've been having a lot of graduations like high school graduations now that does very little, if any, help to the bottom line. However, if, again, I think the main strength of it is this kind of community hub, and that's a fantastic way to do that. And, like, let's not make it so you're just going there if you're a baseball fan or you're just going there with your friends and you're a college graduate who's affluent, but let's actually open up to literally every single citizen and say, like, this is somewhere that is open to you. And, I mean, I'm kind of teasing a bit of what I have a, a background in when you look at what I was interested in with golf stuff, but um, I, I think that's an interesting concept that community spaces can can play. And yeah, the, this ballpark is a fantastic uh, example of that. If and there's a big if, they continue down this path of making it a community space. Yeah, I mean, and I I will say some of the numbers here are just sort of jarring. That so it was expected to cost 101 million dollars uh, to do this whole park, and 65 million of that was going to be paid by the city of Worcester. Now, that $101 million figure would have made it the fourth most expensive minor league park ever adjusted for inflation. However, in April, when this opened, 
the final cost was 159 million. So they went over by uh, over 50 percent there. Uh, and so it was $41 million for land and then $118 million for the park itself. Now, the city of Worcester paid 55% of that. The team, so the organization, the Worcester Red Sox, paid 38% of that. And then the government paid the remaining amount. So the fast math on that there is like 7-ish percent was paid by the government. So not all that much. Now, if you're Worcester and you're going to invest, you know, what that must be some, again, fast math here is something like, uh, you know, 80 and change million dollars, $88 million, you better be able to get a return on investment. So that's why I think, you know, the park is really important, but what they do around the park is just going to be crucial in terms of the long-term impact, just like you were saying, but it does raise an interesting thing. So coming up on the break here, we got, uh, the next topic I think we want to talk a little bit more about is just Worcester as a whole. We'll just dive into maybe, you know, five or 10 minutes of of what we sort of see in Worcester, having both spent our college years there, and then obviously we both still live in the area. So I have a decent idea of how Worcester appeals to a young person and sort of what we think they do well and maybe what they do not so well. But that's that's coming up after the break here. Uh, as a reminder, you're listening to This Week I Learned, presented by Ross Mortgage on the Money Matters Radio Network. We're joined by my brother, Jeff Arnold, a communication specialist with the New England Center for Children. We're talking a little bit about Polar Park. We'll talk a little bit about Worcester. Then we'll, of course, talk about his great organization that he's a part of, the New England Center for Children.